macabre, spooky and paranormal. If you do too, then you'll love to tune in and listen to me bringing you haunted tales from every county in the United Kingdom and eventually beyond. Each week, I pick a county randomly from my ghost-haunted box and bring to you a ghostly tale from that particular county. This week, we have been transported to the amazingly captivating county of Cornwall. So sit or lie back and let's get ghoulish. The population of Cornwall is estimated to be at around 560,210. Cornwall gained popularity through the historical drama series Poldark, which showcased its breathtaking landscapes and mining heritage. Many iconic scenes were filmed in Cornwall, drawing attention to its beauty. Cornwall has a rich mining history, particularly in tin and copper. It was one of the world's leading tin-producing regions and remnants of old mine workings can still be seen today. Located in Cornwall, the Eden Project is an ecological marvel. It features massive biomes that house diverse plant species from around the world, showcasing sustainable practices and educating visitors about environmental issues. Tintagel Castle, perched on the dramatic coastline, is associated with the legend of King Arthur. This mythical connection adds to the allure of the castle and attracts visitors intrigued by Arthurian tales. Cornwall is home to St Michael's Mount, a small tidal island with a medieval castle and a picturesque village. It bears a resemblance to France's Mont-Saint-Michel and provides stunning views of the coastline. The Cornish pasty is a culinary delight associated with Cornwall. It is a savoury pastry filled with ingredients like beef, potatoes, onions and swede and it has protected geographical indication PGI status to maintain its authenticity. Cornwall is a haven for surfers offering excellent waves and a vibrant surf culture. Spots like Fistral Beach in Newquay attract surfers from around the world, making it a top destination for wave riding. Cornwall has its own distinct Celtic identity. The Cornish language, although endangered, is being revived 
and Celtic traditions and folklore remain important to many residents, adding a unique cultural dimension. In this episode, I have decided to cover a place that is especially close to my heart. Last year, I had the absolute pleasure of staying one night here, on my honeymoon no less, and I'll speak of my own personal experience a bit later. I am going to speak about the very famous, charismatic and infamous Jamaica Inn, situated on the rugged and windswept granite moorland that covers approximately 80 square miles and is known for its wild and desolate beauty, Bodmin Moor. The moor is rich in history and folklore, with numerous ancient landmarks and structures scattered throughout. These include Neolithic and Bronze Age burial mounds, stone circles and standing stones. One of the most famous sites on Bodmin Moor is the Cheese Ring, a natural rock formation created by weathering. Bodmin Moor is also associated with the legend of the Beast of Bodmin, a mythical big cat said to roam the area. Despite numerous reported sightings, no conclusive evidence of its existence has been found. The moor is a designated area of outstanding natural beauty and is a popular destination for hiking, nature walks and wildlife enthusiasts. It offers serene landscapes, breathtaking views and a sense of tranquillity, making it an appealing destination for those seeking a connection with nature and a break from the hustle and bustle of urban life. The Jamaica Inn is a historic inn situated on Bodmin Moor near the village of Bolventor in Cornwall, England. It dates back to the 18th century and has a rich and intriguing history. The inn has a significant association with smuggling during the 18th and 19th centuries. Its remote location on Bodmin Moor, away from prying eyes, made it an ideal base for smugglers to carry out their illicit activities. The Jamaica Inn gained further fame through the novel of the same name written by British author Daphne de Maurier in 1936. The novel, set in and around the inn, captures the suspenseful atmosphere of smuggling and adventure. Today, the Jamaica Inn operates as a museum and visitor centre 
allowing visitors to delve into its history and learn about Cornwall's smuggling past. The museum showcases exhibits related to smuggling, the inn's history and the works of Daphne de Maurier. Alongside its historical significance, the Jamaica Inn continues to function as a traditional inn, offering hospitality and accommodation to guests. It provides a glimpse into Cornwall's past while offering modern amenities for a comfortable stay. Over the years, the Jamaica Inn has gained a reputation for being haunted. It is believed to be visited by the ghosts of smugglers and other spirits contributing to its eerie charm. Visiting the Jamaica Inn provides a fascinating journey into Cornwall's smuggling heritage and offers a chance to explore the untamed beauty of Bodmin Moor. Now, onto the spooky parts of the Jamaica Inn. Cornwall Live have written a fantastic article going through some of the top ghostly sightings that have been investigated over the years at the inn. Here we delve into what they have to say. Pubs don't get much spookier than Cornwall's Jamaica Inn. The old coaching house and smugglers hangout in the heart of wild and windswept Bodmin Moor has a welcoming but eerie air about it and regularly appears in the top ten of the UK's most haunted lists. People have been reporting ghostly goings-on in and around the 18th century holstery for more than 100 years and the list of otherworldly sightings, weird atmospheres, unexplained noises and creepy incidents keeps on growing. A wealth of myths and legends surrounds this historic site where the author Daphne de Maurier came for help after getting lost on the misty moors on horseback. Her experience inspired her dark 1936 novel Jamaica Inn and the Alfred Hitchcock film adaptation three years later, putting the remote hamlet of Bolventor to its pub firmly on the visitor's map. Stories of ghosts and poltergeist activity have blossomed ever since and Jamaica Inn is now a prime destination for ghost hunters from all over the world. Sightings have been made all over the property, especially the oldest upstairs bedrooms, but also in new buildings constructed on the site in the 1980s. 
In 2004, the inn was featured in a gripping episode of TV's Most Haunted and interest boomed. Keeping track of people's reported experiences and testing them out is the domain of the Jamaica in Paranormal Investigation team who lead regular ghost hunting events in the name of serious research using electromagnetic field detectors and recording devices. Team leader Colin Simmons explains that they are open-minded sceptics. There's folklore that goes back through the years and we are testing that and trying to uncover the most common sightings. Karen Besant, who has been studying Jamaica in alongside Colin for nearly seven years, adds, sometimes nothing happens at all and sometimes the level of activity even surprises us. As investigators, what we are interested in is real hauntings. We are tearing apart the legends and the history bit by bit to try to get to the truth. When there's a sighting, we check out all the real stories of people who lived here. It's about connecting and understanding the human being that once walked on this earth. It isn't entertainment, and we don't want people running around and being silly, but we are very approachable, and we do have a laugh. While many of the supernatural characters make their presence known time after time, just like the pub's regulars, Others seem to be slowly fading, leaving the creaky doors open for fresh phantoms to join the hair-raising lineup. Colin and Karen reckon there are about four or five mainstays, with others making the occasional guest appearance. Here's a snapshot of the top ghost sightings and spooky happenings on the paranormal investigation team's list that have passed their authenticity test, starting with the most recent arrival. The Lone American Airman A 16-year-old girl recently saw a young man wearing a US airman's uniform coming through the kitchen door and entering the bar before vanishing. He's also been spotted twice in the stable block. It's not as unlikely as it sounds. Thousands of American troops were stationed in the Bodmin and Launceston areas of Cornwall during the Second World War and they were known to frequent pubs and hotels around the county. There are also speculative reports of secret meetings held at Jamaica Inn between US Generals George Patton and Dwight Eisenhower when they came to inspect their troops in the run-up to D-Day in 1944. 
the flying phone. Years ago, at around 10.50pm on Sunday, October the 23rd, 2017, intriguing CCTV camera footage captured the moment when a wall phone hanging between the main bar and the utility area appeared to lift up and then drop to the floor by itself. Startling staff member April, who was standing nearby, facing the opposite direction. About 20 minutes earlier, she heard the bar door open, but nobody entered. Colin and the team tested out every alternative explanation and concluded that there was no way the phone could have released itself and it had to be paranormal activity. The blacksmith who plays with fire. About three years ago, Colin was leading an investigation in the stable block of the inn when he suddenly felt as if his whole body was on fire. I was burning up and had prickly heat all over. My colleague got me outside quickly and in the cold air I felt completely normal again. We put that down to the one we call the blacksmith, he explains. A blacksmith named John Cock is listed as living on the premises in the 1861 and 1881 census records and had a son of the same name. At the farmhouse across the road, there is still the original forge and the old bellows and are now kept in the pub. They have also had people picking up on the shadow of a big built man with an aggressive presence that is seen around the stable block and the museum. Two women recently reported the feeling of someone putting their hand up their skirts in the same area. Was that the blacksmith or could it have been? Brooding landlord son James Broad there's another large grumpy presence that regularly makes his way around and about the inn. Through Karen's historical research and the team's public and private ghost hunting sessions, they have recorded an increase in activity when they talk about James, whose father, John Broad, opened the inn in 1750. As a man of that period, he doesn't seem to like modern, strong women. In those times, women would have been subservient and without the rights they have now. Asking if there's a woman he likes, I've gone round the room and touched each one on the shoulder. And when I reach one that's a bit more buxom, the equipment will go mental. Jack the Solitary Stranger This apparition was first reported in 1911 when several of the inn's locals noticed a man wearing old-fashioned clothes 
sitting or leaning on the front wall. They tried to converse with him, but he would neither look at them nor reply. Then he faded away as quickly as he had appeared. Other people have seen a similar figure in the original bar area, sitting at what's now known as Jack's table. One woman saw him looking at her curiously, with his head resting on one hand. Legend has it that a stranger was drinking ale at the inn one evening when he was summoned outside, leaving his half-full tankard on the bar. His dead body was found on the moors the next day and his murderer was never caught. Does he perhaps return to finish his beer? Karen says, I interviewed a lady who, in 1977, was in the back of her parents' car as they drove past the inn. She asked them who that strangely dressed man sitting on the wall outside was, but when they looked he disappeared. She certainly didn't know the history, so that had to be a real sighting. Hannah, the child with wet feet. She's the most famous of Jamaica Inn's juvenile ghosts. One guest staying in room five woke up to see her wet footprints on the carpet leading across to the wardrobe where a bathroom used to be. Footsteps can be heard running around the bedroom at night and people have seen a child's figure by the side of the bed and even had their legs touched. A serviceman staying in the room was so disturbed that he got up and slept in his car. Hannah has a growing fan base who write letters and send her toys, some of which appear to move location on their own. Mischievous Elizabeth. She's a Victorian girl with long blonde curly hair and she's quite playful, says Karen. I've seen her in the museum and one of the staff often catches sight of her in the corridor between the gift shop and the ladies' toilet. She's sometimes heard giggling with a friend in the gift shop where books have been thrown about and teenage girls with ponytails have had their hair pulled. Smuggler in the tricorn hat. Typical Poldark style attire for the 18th century, the tricorn hat is the standout feature of the man with black curly hair and breeches who is thought to be a smuggler like the one on the Jamaica Inn sign. He has often been seen walking through bedroom walls, lurking in corridors and watching people in their beds. It's thought he could be responsible for the heavy booted footsteps persistently heard through the ceiling below. A mother and her crying baby. 
Many people have heard a baby crying at the inn, particularly around rooms three and seven, even when there are no babies staying at the time. Karen and Colin think this could be linked to the story of Mary Downing, a young single woman who in 1834 sued the inn's married landlord Thomas Dunn to force him to recognise their illegitimate son. The child was christened Thomas Downing Dunn at Alter Nun Church, the Cathedral of the Moors, featured in Daphne de Maurier's novel Jamaica Inn. On a recent investigation, Colin and another man were playing back an electric voice recorder in room seven. We were sitting quite close together listening and there were no noises recorded at all. Suddenly, we both heard a woman's voice say, Quiet, there's a baby in here. We thought it must have been on the recording, but when we played it back again, there was nothing there. So we must have heard it in real time. A Victorian lady in room 27. A few weeks ago, Colin was staying in room 27 when an apparition took him by surprise. He explains, I went to bed around 2am after an investigation and I was just drifting off when I looked down to the luggage rack at the bottom of the bed and noticed a patch that was darker than everywhere else in the room. Right in front of my eyes, the blackness turned into a form like a woman with her hair in a bun and her hands in her lap. The duvet and pillow went straight over my head. To join a ghost hunt with the Jamaica Inn Paranormal Investigation Team, contact Jamaica Inn or visit the team's Facebook page where they post their most recent findings and activities. So there's also a lot of footage on YouTube that I enjoyed watching where people staying there have filmed their overnight stays and it doesn't disappoint. As I said earlier, I was going to tell you a little bit about my own experience of staying at the Jamaica Inn. As soon as I arrived, I knew it was special. I was enchanted from the word go and the vibe was fantastic. I had my own personal encounter with a spirit not long after I had stepped through the door. Once I had settled in my room, had a mooch around the museum and things like that, I went down to the bar to grab a drink to enjoy in the garden as the sun went down before I got ready for dinner. I was waiting patiently at the bar, which was absolutely thriving, people everywhere enjoying food and drinks and I was standing at the bar 
directly in front of a very ancient stone fireplace, which was full of character. While I was waiting, I felt something behind me and it caressed the top of my head very softly. I immediately turned around in shock because I wasn't expecting it and I thought it was my husband, but he was standing to my far right and not a single soul was near me. I remember I actually gasped out loud because it was so shocking. But I remember that it was a lovely feeling and energy and nothing malicious. It was almost like the spirit knew my heart, knew I liked paranormal things, was open to contact and just wanted to embrace me. I was so chuffed with that experience I cannot tell you. I was elated that I had had my own personal encounter and so soon after arriving was wonderful. Before dinner that night when I'd returned to my room I put on the app Spirit Box on my phone. The description for Spirit Box is this. Spirit Story Box can be used in several ways. In a place where there may be paranormal activity, like a known haunted location, area of historical significance, or simply put, where the dead may be likely to stick around. You can set your phone down and let Spirit Story Box run and ask questions as an EVP, Electronic Voice Phenomena Session, or simply ask if there are any spirits who may wish to speak to you. Spirits are around both during the day and night time. We suggest using the night vision mode at night to protect your night vision. The screensaver mode will prevent burning if you want to let it run for an extended period of time. It is helpful to take notes of where and when you used Spirit Story Box so that later when you learn more about the location or history of a place, you can go through the history and look for validation and meaning of any words or names especially spoken. Not everything may make sense or right away, but give it some time to run and have an open mind. Spirits have to figure out how to use their energy to choose a word and they may be trying to tell you about their lives, deaths, family or something about what that place was like when they were living. Spirits like living people can be jerks and try to scare you or want to be left alone. They can warn you of malevolent spirits around or could actually be a loved one trying to give you a message. We and many scientists think that human consciousness can survive death and interact with electrical equipment in a meaningful way. So I have used this app many, many times in some weird and wonderful places and a lot of the words that have come out 
have absolutely been relevant to the surroundings or what was going on at the time. I've never specifically asked any questions. I just leave the app running and see what comes out. So I had to get it out while staying at the Jamaica Inn. I mean, it would be rude not to. So the words I received were father, leave it, colic, desk, obeys, responsible, dispirited, merciless, aunt, successful mother, mine, whispers, attic, baffled, cemetery, black, partner trades, path, swollen nose, filthy, nephew convinces, confirms, despondent, trucker, in railroad, weak, plain, highway, carpet, pretentious writer. They may seem like random words to you and I. Some of them make sense to me though, but trust me when I say that in the past I have had bath pop up when in a bathroom right next to a bath. The word Emma when I walk past Emma's bar in the Talbot Inn, which is another extremely old and haunted building. I mean, what are the chances of that name coming out when there are millions of names just as I was walking past Emma's bar? That completely freaked me out and convinced the person I was with who was pretty sceptical. But while I was at the Jamaica Inn, I was staying in the build which was once the stables and we had a small balcony through some double doors and we were right on the end. Later that night, in the early hours when I was asleep, we had left the balcony door open a little bit because it was the middle of July and had been swelteringly hot. My husband woke me up around four or five in the morning because the door and curtains suddenly blew open and woke him up. So he woke me up because he knew I would love it and all we could hear was this absolutely haunting, whistling and howling noise like screeching of the wind blustering down and through Bodmin Moor. It was incredibly scary and extremely atmospheric and I loved experiencing that moment. I'll never forget it. One last thing I loved and took a photo of while I was there was some text painted on a black wooden beam in the bar. It said the words, just because you haven't seen a ghost does not mean a ghost has never seen you.
I love that one. I highly, highly recommend staying here if you dare. As not only was it a truly fantastic place, the vibe was electrifying and quite honestly, I didn't want to leave. I could have happily just lived there forever because it was that cool. It's a place I will certainly visit again one day and hopefully spend more time. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to my antics about one of my favourite places, the Jamaica Inn, situated in Cornwall. I had such fun writing and recording this episode and reliving my wonderful experience. I hope you enjoyed it. As ever... I must pick the next county out of my ghost haunted box. So here goes. Where are we going next week? Right, here we are. And it is... Northamptonshire. Excellent. So join me next week, Friday, the 7th of July, for another hauntingly good tale, all about the county of Northamptonshire. Until then, my ghosts and ghouls, stay spooky.